0: Thank you
1: Hello people in internet land. Uh, This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm Peter Karutz. This is Deacon Tom Burke. and We're going to be talking about something that has been on my mind for a long time because frankly I don't understand it. It's the kingdom.
2: The kingdom. The kingdom of God. You know uh, the, the the idea that a kingdom needs a king and we're searching for that king here on earth. We'll find the king.
1: I hope so, because I don't understand. Uh, you know, is the kingdom here? Is it there? Is it, is it around us? Uh, are we waiting for it? I don't know. Stay tuned. You're going to figure it out, too. Oh, like I am, I hope. Well, thank you, Matt. And yes, I am your host today. This is Peter Theroux speaking to you from the studios of St. Joseph Radio. And it's actually St. Charles. Uh, and uh, I'm with... Deacon Tom Burke. Deacon, welcome again good, to the program.
2: Good afternoon, Peter. It's great to see you again. I'm telling you,
1: it's good to be here. It's great to spend an hour with you. I, 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 I don't know if I've said it before, but this is a wonderful hour for me. You challenge me. You really do. And, I, and, and I'm sitting here with you eyeball to eyeball. I'm usually asking questions, and what do you do? You're causing me to reflect. I think that's what we're going to do today. We're going to cause all of us to reflect. Before the program, I was telling Deacon that there's a f- few concepts in the, in the church and in the faith that I have a difficult time not believing, but conceptualizing. And one of those is the kingdom. I don't, I can't, I, don't, I can't get the congruency here. I'm, I'm, I have trouble with it. So, uh, what's the name of our program, Deacon?
2: Well, the kingdom needs a king. The kingdom needs
1: a king. And that is our program. I don't know if you all have difficult topics, but you know what? You can always send them in and maybe we'll address them as well. So, anyway, uh, we're going to start out as we're always supposed to do, we start out with a prayer, and I'm going to ask the deacon to please
2: do the Oh, thank you. i happy to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, the God of our hearts, the God of our feet, the God of our speech, we ask you so much to send your Holy Spirit upon us now so that what we say will be your words. What we hear will be what you want us to hear, and that we will be able to be like your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, our brother with you. We thank you so much for the heritage you've given to us when we can say, our Father. And we ask you to be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. So just briefly, before we get into it, uh, Deacon, let me just uh, uh, remind our listeners that you are a, a deacon. You are a full-time deacon now because you, and I'm not sure what the proper terminology is. Could I say you used to be an attorney? You still are an attorney? Is it like being a Marine and a Catholic? You're always a Marine and a Catholic? Well,
2: not a little bit like that. Not exactly. You know, Colonel Sanders was, was a colonel even when he wasn't in the military. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I'm, I'm still a licensed lawyer in the state of Missouri. I still am able to practice law. Uh, I've just kind of chosen the better part. There so you go. I'm, I'm, I'm a deacon at St. Joseph Church in Cottonwood.
1: There you go. And and one of my favorite priests who has uh, now been reassigned is uh, um, uh, um, Father Mason. And, uh, he was not only a, a lawyer, he was or it was, uh, he w- is a lawyer, was a prosecutor. So one of these great things about lawyers is you write well, you think well, and and you, you get to the, the crux and the and the nub of it, if if you will. And now you're assigned at St. Joseph's in Cottleville. is that right?
2: Yes, and I love being down there with those priests. And and, and the people in the congregation are fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, one fantastic. more word about St. Joseph of Cottleville, because I, I over the past couple of years, and we'll talk about this later on, I visited, boy, I don't want to exaggerate, forty or fifty parishes. And one thing unique about St Joseph and Canival, one it is huge in terms of population. I think it's fifty six hundred families or some such thing over five thousand anyway but there the this this the uh, church is a little bit different. There is almost a i will call it a built in adoration chapel so you you come in and you're looking at the altar and we have we have the uh tabernacle there in the middle in the center. But if you go around to the back, there's a little prayer area in the back. So it's a built-in adoration chapel. I, I really love it. It's a great idea. I've never seen it anywhere else. Very cool. It's a yeah. cool place. Those
2: places where adoration is, is, is a part of that community's uh, desire to get close to Christ, those places, and I'm generalizing, but they're really alive. They they really they don't take their eyes off Christ, yeah. and that's a pretty good place to start. It is, and you know when we're talking about uh, uh, the kingdom needs a king. Yes, uh, it's kind of I'm sure a lot of people are tempted right now. I'm going to turn the station to something else because we live in a in a, in a representative democracy or a republic, and we we don't have kings. Uh, a king's an antiquated idea. We might love the Queen of England as we should because she's so sweet and she's done so faithful to the English people. But aside from that, we really don't have any time for this idea of kings. And and I want to talk more about, not so much about the pomp and circumstances that's around a king or a kingdom, but the idea that a kingdom needs a king. And you may recall in First Samuel uh, 7, where, where Samuel uh, is... Uh, There's been a lot of judges for Israel, and they've been really doing a bad job. And Samuel's sons have been doing a bad job. So the people come to Samuel and say, you know, make us a king. We have to have a king. And the Lord says, they carry on a conversation. The Lord says, it's not you they're rejecting. It's me they're rejecting by wanting to have a king. I want to be their king. And they're decided that they want somebody on earth to be their king. And and it goes on, and, 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 and he says, tell them this. And this is what the Lord told them. The king will take from you your sons. The king will make them his charioteers and run in front of his charioteers. The king will make your daughters p- do perfume and do m- whatever I want. He will take from you your livestock. He'll take from you your horses and mules. He will take your best crops. He'll, so what, what he's really saying is the essence of a king, the way God describes a king, is that that king succumbs to doing what? To be a taker, an appointer, a maker, a consumer, a, a grasper. And so uh, and, and that not that true? When we look at kings, uh, the first thing we always think of is, you know, what, it, what a king says goes. You know, that's the final word on everything. What, what he thinks happens. What, what he wants, he gets. He reigns and is served. And he sets boundaries. So what he says goes, what he thinks happens, he gets what he wants, he sets boundaries, and his reign is his reign. It's his reign, not somebody else's. So I guess I'd like to ask you this, and, I, and, and you know, you kind of started this and you got me going, so I'm sorry, but I have Peter, and I'm, I'm apologizing to you in advance, but only slightly. <laughs> and that is, you know, if you had your opportunity today, okay, to, to uh, tell me what your idea of your kingdom would be, what is your kingdom, Peter, when you think about it?
1: Are, are you saying my theoretical kingdom? Well, was, or, if, or what if I were the king of the United States? I'm, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm just saying regardless of how big it was, you know, whether it just happens to be you know, St. Charles, you're, you're the king of St. Charles, or maybe you're just the king of the neighborhood, or maybe you're just the king of your own household. What is that king going to look like? Not so much what he owns and has, but how is he going to work? What's he going to do? What, what King Peter I is going to do? Well,
1: I would, um, I, would, uh, I would visit every one of my subjects, if you will. I would want to get to know them. Um, I would, um, uh, would want to know how I can help them, what I can do to benefit them in their lives. I would want to know what's important to them. I'd like to get to know their, their children and their parents, um, uh, I, I imagine that if I'm king, I don't have to work, so I have a lot of time on my hands. Uh, I, I, um, I, would li- I would like to visit each one of them and let them know about the, the faith. I would want to know what their faith traditions are. Uh, and uh, and, and uh, I, I know that the most populous religion out there other than the Catholic faith is fallen away Catholic. So um, odds are most of them are fallen away Catholic. So I would like to take the opportunity to to talk about what caused them to leave the faith and uh and listen to that and um and at some point whatever the appropriate point is to invite them back
2: well i think that's fantastic and i want to live in your kingdom okay i want to live in a kingdom like that that's that's a really good kingdom because i found a king and i don't know whether i've seen too many of them right And, and even over history that would say what you said, but it is exactly what a king should do. Look out for your subjects, all think think of their needs, protect them. You know, that's what a king does, protects the reign, protects the boundaries of his kingdom, draws people in and tries to make their life better. But so many times, is that really what we see? You know, the king starts getting a lot of good favors, things are going his way, whether it's his household or not, he's the sovereign of it. You know, if we're wondering whether we're very much of a good king in our environment, do we like to be corrected? Is that something we crave for people to do is to correct us, to turn to us and say, you know, your idea is not the best idea. You know, when it comes to money, are you a good king? Or do you want to make sure that that budget of your household is a budget that you're in control of it, and when it comes to home management, or even even if it's not home management, what about your work production that you have at your work? You're you're a fantastic uh, employer, uh, and and, and uh, know what you do, and you try to think of people in your office and stuff. But are you in charge of the work production? Are you, re, do you let uh, you know? It's somewhere in that, and that's the challenge that I have, and that's what brought me to this t- subject today. Was do I know best, and and that's kind of where we're, we're heading that way, you know. Uh, I, I don't get upset. I caught myself saying this, and I don't. Whether anybody out there listening might say the same thing, I don't get upset when I had to change. When I had to change my plans, I don't get upset because I don't often have to change. Yeah. You know, I've set up my life the way I want my life to be set up. I am the sovereign of it, okay? I look for rewards. This buds for you. So when I'm doing something, I want to be rewarded. I want to be appreciated. And I'm and I'm and I am appreciated. You know, and if I'm not appreciated, if I'm not really appreciated for what I do, then I'm not very happy. I might be disturbed. Does any of us out there when we when we we work our fingers to the bone and whatever it is and it could be a very anxious time and a lot of pressure on us and then we don't get that affirmation that we should either in a monetary gain or, or something. Are we disturbed by that? You know, how many of us have walked through an antique store or even a, a gift shop and seen a sign on the wall if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Do we do that? When we're unhappy, does that happiness permeate our kingdom? So I, I had to I had to say, you know, I want to be in the kingdom you described, Peter, because you didn't say much about yourself. You said things about other people. But how hard is it, how hard is it to live in that kingdom when there's are so many pressures for that? You know, I'd like those people to think out there when they're saying to me, I'm I'm pretty close to turning that dial now. I don't really want to listen to this Deacon Burke anymore. He's got asked me too many questions that I really don't want to go to. There's a, there's a no-fly zone here uh, that we don't want to fly into. But I'm going to ask you all to fly with us into this. And the reason why is because before I came, I flew in it anyway. And it was a turbulent flight for me because I realized that everything I've talked to you about, that you don't want to have a sovereign think of, that you don't want to have in your kingdom, I've had in my kingdom. You know, is there a place where... Uh, This has happened to a lot of us. And I think men are prone to this. There's a place in my kingdom where you don't go. I have my own little office. I have my own little place in the garage. I have my own little place out on the back barbecue. That's my space. That's not the kingdom that Peter described. The kingdom you described, Peter, was a kingdom where everybody gets to come and go as they please and you look out for them all the time. What about that Instead of, a, instead of a space, what if it's a time? Don't go into the living room when dad's reading the paper or when dad's watching his show. Or, you know, that's his space. That's his time. Are, is any of those places we don't let our subjects go because we need that? And, and so as I was going through this list of things that, that, that is not necessarily a confession— but as I go through this list of things, are any of them ring true in you people out there listening to us? And a you, Peter, that, that even though I know this is the kind of kingdom I want, it's not really the kingdom I see?
1: I'm, um, you, you, you said so much that rings true. I, I, I will tell you, I think uh, years ago, TiVo was the best invention in the world. I was, you know, I, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but I, I, there, like you said, the show you want to watch. And my, my wife, I think, tests me because it, it's only during those rare times that she would come and talk to me about something important. And <laughs> she didn't understand about TiVo, and I would l- hit the pause, turn it off, and I would turn to her and give her my full attention. And it was so meaningful to her, <laughs> even though it, it was a faker, I guess. But she, she wanted my attention. And, but previous to that, I would be being dismissive. I'm like, well, I'll talk to you in half an hour. Give me 20 minutes. There's only three minutes left, right? But that was my my space, and and, and like you're saying, it wasn't a lot. It was a little bit. But uh, I don't have TiVo anymore. But I've learned to mentally turn it off to listen when when my wife really wants to listen. I'm not sure that was the question, but let me let me tell you this. This is St. Joseph <laughs> Radio, coming to you live from. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. My, I'm the host, Peter Kroots, and the learner, let me tell you, and this is uh, Deacon Tom Burke. We're talking about the kingdom needs a king. So, Deacon, you were just asking me about, or off, us, all of us, are there some places that we don't allow people to go? Because it's our kingdom, our place. Our place, our space, our time. Uh, where we would hold people away. I think there, there are. Yeah, I mean, there are, but it, it might be better for us to focus less on ourselves rather than, you know, this is mine. Is it mine, though, right? Because I've declared it mine. It's my money, right? Is it my money or is it God's money? Um, is, is this my time or is this, is, is this my time to be serving my family? You know, so are these things that I'm, we're calling mine, my kingdom, are they really mine at
2: all? Well, I didn't want to really look at this myself. I, I, in all honesty, I I feel like sometimes I'm 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 like that two year old child that says mine, mine, mine all the time. And and, and that can be because because we set things up we want to have happen. But you remember, Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. He's talking about the kingdom is now. Right. And and not like, "Oh gee, I'm going to get to heaven sometime, and that'll be really good when I'm in heaven." Uh and 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 right before I get to heaven when I get to be an old fart, I'll start giving things up or God'll start taking my mobility away. Right. And then I can then then that then I I won't worry about my kingdom of what's out in the garage that I'm repairing. I won't worry about my work anymore. And and and, and is that really the way to look at that? Is that how we should look at life? Is that is it God God, I'm going to be with you, God, when you force me to do that because of my physical ability or my emotional handicaps or whatever. Or am I going to decide to enter into your kingdom? So I guess one of the things we have to ask ourselves is, is is Jesus a king? Can we actually call Jesus a king? What did Jesus say? Do anybody recall here... A scripture passage where he called himself the king he called, huh? you, can you think kind of, of
1: i mean uh you know when he was confronted by pontius pilate and pontius pilate you know hit him with that great answer to the question Quius veritas what is truth and he says are you a king you and he says well uh, 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 my king my kingdom is not of this world so that's about as close as he came to saying, I am. He yeah, said, my kingdom is not of this world.
2: Exactly. And he says, if my kingdom were of this world, my angels would be coming right, right now. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this right. world. But then he does say, and Jesus is, is, isn't a liar, and he's not trying to confuse us. But he does say, the kingdom of God is at hand. It does. And, he does. And so, and so what is he talking about? How do, how do, we, how do we reconcile that? And the, and the answer is uh, both ends, right? Is that it, is it there's a kingdom of heaven, but then... Jesus came to bring God to us in this space. And, of course, that's our challenge, right? Will we let Jesus enter into our space? Well, that's only the first part, right? Jesus, you get to come into my space. Uh, I, may, I may go somewhere else, and then you can't get into that space. When I'm, when I'm on the Internet, you're not in my space. When I'm uh, watching TV, you're not in my space. When I'm uh, out with my buddies, you're not in my space. But I'll go enter into your space for 45 minutes to an hour on Sunday. And if that's good enough for you, that's perfectly all right with me, Jesus. Thank you. So so that kind of brings us up to, you know, uh, uh, it brings us up to something that I'm sure some of you people out there have already thought. And it's something I thought, too. And that's this. If nothing's going to get done if I don't do it. You know, if I don't control this space, it's not going to get done. I mean, how many of us think that that the best person to accomplish what we want to accomplish is going to be us? And then if I don't control this space, if I don't control this task, nothing's going to get done. In essence, my kingdom, as large as I want it or as small as it's going to be, is a kingdom that I have to control that space. And if I don't, then it's not going to happen. I'm sure that afflicts a lot of people and I I can see it in other people easier than I can see it myself. It's easy to say, well, how many of us have, have spouses uh, that, you know, if mama ain't happy, I'm not happy. But if, but mama says, I'm going to be happy, the way I'm going to be happy is things are going to get done. This house is going to get clean. These groceries are going to be bought. These kids, the homework's going to get done. And at the end of the day, when only three out of the seven things on the list got done. There's a there's a void there. There's did not I I I didn't I didn't I wasn't who I was supposed to be because I put on my list who I was supposed to be. I put on my list what was needed to be done, and I didn't do it. And how easy is that translated to, well, I'm not happy with my spouse because they didn't help me, or my, my children didn't lo- live up to who they should have been because I've taught them to clean their rooms and they didn't. I can use these examples because it's easy for me to do that uh, and not turn to my own self, but I'm that way in my prayer life. You know, I, I should have prayed more. I, sh- I, I was in my own kingdom. I, I put off prayer, and, I, and, and that's a that's an attack that I place on myself, and that leads us to uh, that leads us to our, our our gospel this Sunday, and I know many of you have already already read it, but remember that's the story of Martha and Mary. Now, Peter, you remember how that goes?
1: Oh, I do. Yeah, we have uh, Jesus is over there teaching, and we have Martha and Mary, and. Uh, uh, uh. I always get him confused. I think Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet, Yeah, I and so, Martha yeah. is doing everything. But uh, you know, she's like a busy as a one-armed paper hanger. You got all these. People. I can hear her saying this, because she because she, she said it. I got all these people here. I'm doing all this work. Jesus, aren't you going to tell that Mary to to help me? She. Yeah, so I, I remember the story. I said, yeah. Sometimes we're Martha, sometimes we're Mary, I think.
2: Yeah, well, well, so the question I have for you, before we go any farther about mm. what Jesus said in reply to this, I'm so glad you stopped at that point. So the, her words to Jesus recognized him as God. She recognized him as the Lord. She recognized him as the the mover and the shaker, the person who did the 5,000, you know, uh, 5,000 people were fed with the loaves and the fishes. He was the one who walked on water. He was the one, she's heard all this stuff. She's seen it. And so she knows she can go to the Lord, but she doesn't go to the Lord and say something about herself. She goes to the Lord and says something about Mary. Tell Mary... To come help me. Now, whose plan was she trying to work out?
1: Her own plan.
2: Absolutely. And what what was her desire? She, uh,
1: I, you know, I, that's a good question. I think she her her uh, her surface desire was I'm tired of doing everything, and I wonder if her underneath desire was I'm a little jealous. I wish I was sitting there too. So I think on the surface she said. I'm tired of doing
2: everything. Well, I'm not going to give her such a hard time. I'm thinking she really wanted hospitality. She had she felt that she was living out the charism of hospitality, and in every one of our desires to make sure that our kingdom is right, it's not always about ourselves exactly. It's about I want it to be right for my children. I want it to be right for my spouse. I want to work those extra five hours at the office uh, at once a week and on on a Saturday because I want to provide for my. My, my family. And, and believe me, if, if you're compelled to do that by your employer under threat of being fired or something like that, then, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But how many of us do more than that? You know, how many of us say, I'm gonna, I, I, I want some extra money. I want some extra security. And, and, and all of a sudden, and I'm really convicting myself with this during most of my legal practice, if I work harder, I get more. And once I buy into that as the rule of my kingdom, then all the, that rule of my kingdom, that law of my kingdom, governs the rest of my actions and redounds to, to, to the rest of other people's actions within my kingdom. So Mary wanted, she wanted everything to be right for the Lord, okay? Yeah. You know, let me tell you, there's a lot of people listening to this right now going, yeah, you know, what are you talking about, you goofy deacon? Well, that happens a lot. But what are you talking about, you goofy deacon? She wanted to make things right for Jesus. She knew she could do that. And then she was confronted with the fact that part of her plan that she could do that was she needed control that space. And to do that, she needed Mary's help. Hmm. So, So is that a bad thing? The world would say no. You know, the end justifies the means, but more likely you have means Pick that means. And I will suggest to you that in that brief space, in that brief space, it wasn't really about getting everything done. Hmm. It was about controlling her space. A kingdom needs a king. And that was her kingdom. I get it. And when everything was done right in that kingdom and everybody was fed properly and everyth- all the dishes were put up, and everything was ready, and then she was going to give herself a chance to be with Jesus. And what did Jesus say?
1: Uh, uh, Mary picked the better part, and I'm yeah. not going to tell it. I'm not going to make her give it up.
2: Before that, and I hope I hope whoever proclaims the gospel uh, this weekend does tries to do it better than I can here. But I hope that they say it this way. Jesus says, "Martha, Martha." You are burdened with many things, and Mary has chosen the better part. Now, we always concentrate on that last ending of all that, which is Mary has chosen the better part, like na 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 nah. But it's not that way. He's praying into her heart a desire for him over a desire to make everything right in her kingdom. His love comes in that. He doesn't say woman. He doesn't say servant. He says it like it's his beloved daughter or his beloved sister. Martha, Martha, you are burdened with many things. He's not accusing her. He's coming to her aid into her heart. And that's kind of where I'd like to say... you know, and we're coming up on a break. And
1: we we're, are. We're, music has started. So, I've, And you're giving me a different perspective. I, I just read it this morning with my group. So I'm going to encourage our friends out there to go and tell a friend about this program and come back and join us
0: looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's k o l b e.org or give them a call, area code 707 707- That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen No Kemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv.
1: Well, we're back. Uh, I'm your host. This is uh, Peter Karutz. I'm here with Deacon Tom Burke here in studio live. Yes, live. Nothing's done live anymore. And uh, the topic here, or the program title is The Kingdom Needs a King. And and Deacon, I'm just going to digress for just a minute. I want to tell our our listeners about a few things that are going on. First off, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network, that's us, uh, is hosting the Catholic Woman of the Year. If you know of a woman who deserves this title, St. Louis Catholic Woman of the Year, please nominate them. We we need these women to be out there and 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 uh, a matter of example that's why we have the saints we're catholic right we look to those people as examples uh, nominations are now open please call us at 636-447-6000 636-447 uh, i better get it right 636-447-6000 uh, and we'll be happy to send you uh, a nomination form and and look if you talk to someone about nominating them, remember the first thing they're going to say is, no, not me, I'm not, I don't want, it just shows they they, they need to be nominated. Please think about these good women. They deserve it. We deserve it. We need to hear from them. Um, also, coming up this coming Wednesday at St. Gerard Magella, uh, we have a talk. at 7 p.m. It's after Vespers. We'll talk about what Vespers is. Father Casson, he's a, um, He's the prior over at the St. Louis Abbey. He's going to be talking about the rule of St. Benedict. So, look, go to your local Catholic bookstore, pick up a little red book that's the rule of St. Benedict. You're going to get a kick out of it. And I'll tell you, I know Father Casson. He is, he, is he is a fun guy. You know, these monks are a char- bunch of characters over there. Not only are they all just brilliant, but they're very good and holy men, too. So, please, consider going St. Gerard, Magella, Uh, and that is uh, this Wednesday after 7 p.m. Vespers. Believe me, you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, hey, blame me. Hey, I have one more thing. It's a little bit of a teaser. Uh, It's about August. Uh, So uh, during the middle of pandemic, uh, the Knights of Peter Claver, and if you don't know who they are, call me and I'll tell you about them. The Knights of Peter Claver started collecting socks for the poor. Churches are closed, but you know what? The poor were still cold and they still needed their socks. So we did it year one and We had so many socks we didn't know what to do with. Uh, But St. Peter and Paul and St. Patrick's, they did. They're out. They ran out. So I'm going to hold this big poster up to the screen. Keep your eyes open. In the month of August, there's going to be probably 30 or 40 parishes that will collect new socks for the poor. Uh, I'll tell you, I I wound up distributing some of these socks at St. Peter and Paul, and I'm not exaggerating. I brought 1,000 pairs. Every single person needed them, wanted them. And we're so grateful for them. So it's a little thing we can do, a little bit of comfort we can give to the poor. Uh, lastly, last announcement on a personal matter. Uh, the priest who is uh, the man who is um, the, the biggest male influence in my life, uh, Monsignor Gaelic, he's an 80-something-year-old priest who lives in a one-room, two-room, uh, two-bedroom apartment in a little town in Indiana. He's having heart surgery. Please pray for him. He's a, he's a good man. He's, 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 he's still in a, he's, he's still changing the world. You know, he sits and he prays and he changes the world. So pray for my great friend, Monsignor Gaelic. All right. We took a little bit of time. Uh, Deacon, we are back to the kingdom needs a king.
2: And, you know, we talked for just a couple of seconds about Jesus uh, turned to Martha after she said, she said, tell Mary to come help me. That, That was a great idea. Uh, there all these—can you imagine a number of people that invaded this small house, who 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 were hungry and been going all day, and who who Mary uh, uh, was was sitting there, uh, in in, in wrapped, uh, uh, listening to rapture almost listening to Jesus, and Martha's running all over the place, and normally she gets help from Mary, so she anticipated that to happen, and and it just was not—it was not going her way, and 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 so the question that that a lot of people think is well well when jesus says says martha martha you're burdened with many things mary has chosen the better way immediately we 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 either Choose, we're going to jump on one of these bandwagons or not. Either we go to Martha and we say, and we say, we, we get on Martha's side and go, well, it's just, you know, what do you go? You want to go hungry? What are you talking about? What, what's wrong with you people? You know, what kind of a, what kind of a hostess would Martha be if she didn't take care of all these people? Well, she forgot. She forgot that she was with the guy who multiplied the loaves. She forgot in whose presence she was because she was still in her kingdom. Okay. And then we look at Mary and we go, well, Mary, if you really loved Martha and Lazarus, you'd get up off your behind and you would go help her and then come back and listen to, to Jesus or ask somebody for the notes or, or the TiVo and, and, you know, find out what was happening. But Jesus wanted Martha not to, not to give her recrimination. He wanted her to enter into his kingdom. That's what we're talking about here. It was Martha wrong or was she right? Neither. She was in the wrong kingdom. Ah, she was in her kingdom. Yeah. You know, a kingdom needs a king. Right. And so many times in my life, I've decided what my kingdom was. I wanted order in it. I was not at peace if it was not the way I had envisioned it. If it wasn't operating the way I wanted it to. If I didn't have my own space. Then there was not peace in my kingdom. But when I decided to go ahead and allow Jesus to be my kingdom, so it wasn't that Martha had a kingdom and Mary had a kingdom. Martha had a kingdom and Mary had a person. Mary had Jesus. So, you know, was Martha really in control? No. How did she do controlling the workload? Not very good. Did Did she have control over the outcomes? That was an illusion. That was ridiculous. Did she control? Uh, did she have control over the people? Well, clearly not. So, so this idea that a king needs a kingdom meant that she was trying her best to do something that, ultimately, I think in our hearts we know. After all the times we tried to do it, it just doesn't come out that way. And so, uh, uh, so, so let's let's ask ourselves for a couple minutes. And I think these questions may have may have led us to it. What what do you think peter what what lie did the evil one make martha believe what was it what what lie because there's lies here what do you think what do you think she was believing and what was the, what was the, the lie the evil one wanted her to play into
1: well maybe it was all up to her um uh, you know what did our lord say you're you're troubled by many things uh, I think the devil plays on our imagination and our fears and our anxieties and tries to escalate them. And and uh, if if she would give up her troubles, uh, maybe that's what the devil was playing on her 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 in her uh, deep troubles.
2: Yeah, he took that desire she had to make things right and for it to be right for people she loved and to be hospitable hospitable. And she she he took that desire. And he turned it on her to make her think that if, if people were a little hungry for five more minutes before Jesus made the loaves into fishes and made them into, for everybody there, that, that that was a bad thing, that she wouldn't be loved by Christ. So the lie that the evil one said is you have to perform to be recognized by mm-hmm. Jesus. You have to make all things right for the people you love at all times. Uh, or or you will not be the person you were made to be. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're burdened with many things. Mary's chosen the better part. What do you think the next sentence was to him? And you're really, really goofed up here, Martha, so go out and sit on the porch while I, while I make all these loaves and fishes into a bunch of stuff. No, no, no. He, the next thing he did I'm confident of this, although it's not in the scripture, was that he, he put his arm around her. He walked her through the throng of all these people because she was in the back. He walked her through the throng of all these people with his arm around her, whispering into her ear, you don't have to perform for me. I love you like nobody's business. I love you like the thing you made the best on that one day when everything turned out in the oven. I love you more than that. I love you like you like for eternity. Come sit next to me. Come sit next to me so you don't have a so you so you fail to hear nothing. So that's what the Martha Martha comes out. And that's what we 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 fail to recognize when we think we have to perform. The lie is that we have to perform for Jesus' love. For him to recognize us, we have to pray more. Praying's good for him to recognize that we have to exhaust ourselves. Giving things up for the Lord when he's given us a mission will, in fact, be life-giving. But you won't be exhausted. You won't be tired. You'll be whole. And Martha, even if she'd have done everything perfect and everything would have happened, and she got Mary to help her, she conjoled her and guilted Mary into it, at the end of the day, ask yourself in your heart, would she have felt whole, or did she feel more whole? More whole. It's hard for me to say. It was she. Was she more complete, sitting next to Jesus, and relying on, relying on Jesus to take care of it? And we talk about. I give myself over to Jesus today. I I trust in everything He's going to do for me. I know You're that way, Peter. We've talked about this, and I my my fault is that I say that and then I put my my pants on and I put my suit on and I, I go out and I pull my sword and I go out and, and, and do what I have, what I've made to do, what I've already picked. So, uh, so what's, what's under all that? What's under all that? What do you think? when, when, what we've just discovered is, is that Martha's kingdom wasn't, wasn't, was never going to be what she thought it was going to be, and she could never perform in that kingdom. We also found out that it's not a kingdom, it's a person. And Mary, at least in that spot, whether she may have had other faults or not, Mary had decided that Jesus was going to be her king, and she was going to enter into his kingdom, right? So, so that's our challenge, is to constantly think about, you know, what's kingdom, what kingdom am I in? And I will tell you that for many people, they go to church on Sunday and they enter the kingdom of God. They enter in the presence of a sacred space. They sing with all their heart out, or they even read the scripture ahead of time. And then they walk out of that church, and they don't take Jesus' kingdom with them, right? They walk out into another kingdom, and that's the kingdom of their, of their own making. And what did Jesus say in uh, Mark 3:24? What did he say about a kingdom it's divided.
1: It's going to fall.
2: Right. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Yeah. And so can that kingdom stand if we're with Jesus on Sunday and the, the other seven days of the week we're in our own little kingdom? How is how's your kingdom going to work out then? And the, and the answer is he's just saying it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out.
1: The world sort of tells us we should be schizophrenics, though. I mean, we we should be one way in church and another way out in the world. And I think we would be happier and more congruous individuals if there was less of a dichotomy between who we are when we're in church and what we do when we're not.
2: Well, remember what Jesus said. This is so good. I'm so glad you said that because you're talking about what we should do and what we might be able to do, right? And Jesus said, you know... um, ask and you will receive, Knocking the door will be open, seek and you will find. He didn't say accomplish and out and I will say you're great. He didn't say win. He didn't say you'll eventually get to the top of the mountain and there'll be nowhere else to go. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, take up your cross and follow me. He said, if, if you don't love me more than your mother or brother or daughter or son, or not, there's a whole litany of people you're supposed to love less than him. It's a very hard gospel. This is a very hard gospel for me too because if I look at it with, with, my, with an open heart, then I have to say, what kingdom I, am I going to decide to do? You know, what kingdom am I going to choose? And I think that's something we have to choose all the time because the evil one's constantly telling me, you're not good enough. Deacon Burke, you didn't do the deacon stuff good enough today. You didn't pray enough. You weren't, you weren't good enough to your family. So the accuser is always accusing, and the and the inviter is always inviting. Jesus is always inviting us so i I would ask some of us to think about that you know how do we how do we uh, how do we how do we get out of the pattern of self-loathing when we're accused by the evil one? How do we get out of the pattern of of thinking that we didn't do enough for Christ or even for the people we love? How do we get out of the pattern of of not having our sins our past sins and believe me i got a bunch of them our past sins uh how do we get out of the pattern of not being weighed down by them and and i and i think you can answer that question what do you think
1: i i think we we uh we we lay them on our lord you know if if our lord is happy anxious running to forgive us then who are we to say we won't forgive ourselves we won't unburden ourselves uh, and and uh, be realize that we were like Martha and unburden ourselves we are troubled by many things but that's why our Lord came he came to give us peace and to give us life and to have us live it to the fullest so thereby unburdening ourselves
2: is there a little bit, and I, and, and I hadn't thought about this ahead of time, so it just jumped into my head and I shouldn't even say it. It's kind of like that thought in a shower that you, that you shouldn't even talk out loud. But is there a little bit in some of us that thinks that, that you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus isn't going to do that for us. You know, m- maybe I will be hungry at his feet. Maybe I will be thirsty if I'm there. Maybe I won't quite hear what he has to say. I'm not so sure I can trust all of my life him. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Uh,
1: I'm gonna in, I want you to tell me. Okay. First I'm gonna tell everyone that this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. This is Deacon Tom Burke, and we're talking about the kingdom needs a king. So tell me what you're gonna tell Well me. I
2: think we're at a point in our conversation here and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, where we recognize that that it isn't it isn't a kingdom, it's a person. And if that person is our king, if we allow Jesus to be our king, our sovereign, the one who provides for us, the one who we trust in, that, that our life is going to be much better. You know, of the two of them, which one, Martha or Mary, who was hungry? Martha was. She was hungry for affirmation. She was hungry to be recognized by Jesus. Who was, who was thirsty? Who had that unquenchable thirst for Jesus? Mary did. She was so thirsty for the next word that came out of his mouth. Poor Martha was in the back. She couldn't hear it. The pats and pans were rattling. She had all these things running around in her mind that she had to do. And that's what the evil one does. He says, I'm going to make you so a feeling of so unworthy that you have to work so hard to be loved by God that that you'll never be good enough. And then I've got you towards my camp. Then you're going to start doing other things to make yourself feel better. That's going to make you on the computer longer. That's going to make you drink just that one more cocktail. That's going to make you do one more recreational thing. I can join one more softball league. I can join one more, one more golf league. And and that one comes in. But I'd like to mention something to you. It's not over. It's not, and it's been going on for a long time. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden?
1: i do I'm, they, I'm very old I do remember that yeah.
2: <laughs> well I was handing out towels there myself yeah. <laughs> but having, having, having said that they they were they they had everything right right and what did the what did the snake say to them? what did the serpent say to them say the serpent said you can't trust God says so Eve says, Oh no, no, we can't eat this the fruit of this tree or we'll die God didn't say you will die, but she added that because she wanted to make sure she didn't eat it. So the serpent says, no, no, you will not die. When you eat of, of this, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God's. I want a liar, liar, pants on fire. Of course, she should have known it was a talking snake. But having said that, liar, liar, pants on fire. Why? Because she already was like God. She was made in the image and likeness of God. He attacked her at her identity. But the point I'm trying to get here was he tried to make her think her identity was something other than what it was. Mm, And what did Martha believe? What do I believe when I have to work those extra hours? I've decided that my identity was in my work. I started out with the best intentions. I was going to make more money for our family to have more security. Uh Uh-oh. Now all of a sudden I found out that my identity was in security seeking. My identity was to do more like that. I lost my way. I was in the kingdom of God, but I wasn't one of of his subjects. And here's the thing I'd like to ask you. Mm. What if you, when Mary listened to Jesus and the apostles listened to Jesus, I know I'm jumping around, but go back with me into the room, right? And... God is, Jesus has already put his arm around Martha. Walk with me that, right? And everybody started whispering, what's he, what's he doing? What's he doing? He put his arm around her. He went all the way. Where is he going? He went all the way to the back of this house. And he dug her up out of the kitchen and he brought her out here. And, he, and, and what's he doing? He put her right next to him. And he said, I love you like no other and I will love you like no one else. And you will always be with me. Just Be with me. And and, and isn't that our challenge? Can we just be in his presence? Can we trust that Jesus will multiply the loaves? Can we trust ourselves with Jesus? And that's the part that we're invited to do at every Mass. You know, Jesus comes to us at every Mass, the most vulnerable king who ever walked the face of the earth. He comes to us at every Mass and says, I will not be in the thunder or the lightning, I'll come to you in that little whisper in your heart when you come in five minutes early and you read the gospel and you ask me what it means before you hear it from the priest. I'm going to ask you to come in to my kingdom five minutes early and get ready for me to be the most vulnerable king you have ever known because I will give you my heart. I will give you my substance in the Eucharist. And you know, You know what he's saying to us at that point anyway this is what i think he's saying he's saying i trust you with me do you trust me with you yeah i trust you with me do you trust me with you and that for me that's the that's the that's the center point of this entire gospel who trusted who yeah
1: and and isn't that one of the sources of those things one one, that take our peace away you are troubled by many things, and you know anxiety, especially in this day and age. If we, if we, uh, if we can give up a little bit of our kingdom, if you will, to our Lord's kingdom, and rely on Him, then we're not. Uh, we're we're coming more into the reality that it, that we're not in charge, that and and we're more in our own place. If we're not the king of our kingdom, so to speak, we look at our Lord as the king, then we're not trying to be who we're not and not trying to do what we can't. But realizing that, uh, realizing that our Lord is king of our lives maybe gives us the peace, frees us from that anxiety, frees us from what troubles us.
2: So can I ask you a question? Yes. Would you like to have your, would you like to have your best be always enough? Would you like to have the best effort you ever put in always enough?
1: I would like my best to be better.
2: Okay. Thank you, Martha.
1: I'm. That's where I'm at. You're yeah. being
2: honest. That's what the world says to us. The entire world where we live in says, your best will never be enough unless the outcome is what you anticipated uh, or you're recognized by somebody else. But, 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 this is so great. This is so great. With Jesus, your best is always enough yeah. because he loves you. In your best. And out of love for Jesus, I expend my best. Not because I'm worried about the outcome. Not because I'm worried if I won't be loved. Jesus says, I already took you into my kingdom. You will never leave me because I will, my heart will always be with you. Turn your back on me, come back. Sin, you were made imperfect. I know you're going to sin. That's why I died on the cross. Yeah. Come back to me. You're, you're, you're enough is always enough because my love for you is always enough. So, so isn't, that, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that empowering? Isn't that great to know that, that, you know that that's where Martha is? I mean, Martha was a great disciple. I mean, we can read some other places about what a great disciple. She turns to Jesus after Lazarus dies and says, mm-hmm. Lord, I knew that if you were going to be here, he wouldn't have died. Right. And even now I know. That you, you can do this. Great I faith. mean, How many of us would we be able to say that? Very few, even yeah. if we saw these things. But he, she had already decided that she was going to be in his kingdom. You know, the epilogue of Martha is St. Martha. Because she decided not so much that a king needed a kingdom, but she decided he was her king
1: our hour has slipped by. Okay. The music has started. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you the one thing that you, you've, you've kind of left me with, and that is one that i got a lot of work to do. But I, I think our Lord meets us where we're at. He's really good at that. You know? And he, it's great that he gives us the image of father, right? Because we as fathers, we can remember our children, our babies, you know, the, the child slapping us in the face or, or, or vomiting on us or whatever. I didn't love these children any less. They were where they were at, and I love them because of who they are. Our Lord loves us where we are at. So please, tell a friend about this program. Come back and join us next week and pray.
0: to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.
1: Deacon, thank you for that hour. The Kingdom Needs a King. I gotta tell you, I hope you've listened to it and uh, watched it because if you didn't, you need to. I'm still gonna be thinking about this. Where is our king and what is our kingdom? Right? I'm not the king and it's not my kingdom, it's God's.
2: Now I can be an emissary.
1: Now I can be an emissary. Be an emissary. Come back. Listen to us again next time.